to the Vatican listeners. It's Colleen. Um, I told you last week that Jerry and I and the entire American media team are committed to bringing you inside the Vatican no matter what happens. But we decided that in this strange time, we want to do more for you. So starting this week and for the duration of the coronavirus pandemic, we'll be increasing the frequency and variety of our show. We'll give you new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, some of these will be my usual conversations with Jerry, but we'll also be posting updates, interviews, short audio documentaries, and uh, deep dives into interesting topics. So keep an eye out for those in your Inside the Vatican podcast feed. All right. Good morning from New York, Jerry. Good afternoon from sunny Rome, Colleen. We've not had any rain. We have sun and sun forecast, but the atmosphere is difficult. I know. You know, it does help to see the sun through the windows. Yesterday, it was really cloudy here and it brought me down a little bit. But today, today I've got some sun coming in. In today's show, we're going to give an update on the spread of coronavirus in Italy, and then we'll talk about several new Vatican initiatives that are aimed at providing the world with spiritual support during this pandemic. So Jerry, let's start with Italy. Um, the death toll there com- from coronavirus continues to climb, though it's slowed the last couple of days. Um, and this past week, Italy even surpassed China in the total number of coronavirus deaths. What's the scene like in northern Italy right now? Well, northern Italy, they're holding their breath because they, they think the figures may be stabilizing, but nobody's putting any money because the last two days, the figures indicated a slight reduction in the number of deaths and in a number of cases. But that's from an all-time high, because Italy has had the highest death rate of any country in the world from the virus. Now they're hoping that if they get another four or five days lowering of the statistics, that maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And what's the scene like for the for the Catholics in the area specifically? What we've seen and what the Pope said this morning at Mass, he said he wanted to pray for the doctors who have died serving the people, in, especially in northern Italy. There are 24 doctors died, 50 priests died, and 5,000 medical staff, that's doctors, nurses, other hospital workers, have been infected and we don't know their fate. Right. Now, some other nations are sending doctors to Italy, right, including China. Um, And you've also been hearing from Catholics in China. Uh, Do you want to talk to me about that? Yeah. First of all, China has sent doctors and uh, medical equipment because Italy and the Vatican were one of the first to offer help and send it to China. And Catholic communities in China are now praying for Italy. And I know one group of Catholics who have sent uh, masks to a missionary order in the north of Italy, the Pime Fathers, that's the Pontifical Institute for Foreign Missionaries, an Italian missionary order, which has done a lot of work in Hong Kong, in China, in Taiwan, in all that area. And so now Chinese Catholics are sending them masks. And this is a really sign of solidarity and understanding, you know, we're part of the one church, we're part of the one body of Christ, or as the Pope says, we're part of humanity, and we must help each other. Yeah, and and there's also been a number of um, young people who have signed up to kind of go to the front lines of this, right? Yes. This year, 10,000 graduates from the medical school, uh, they've just graduated, 
but they have to wait for their state exam to be recognized as a doctor. The, the, the prime minister appealed to them, and uh, eight out of the 10,000, 8,000 out of 10,000 have signed up to go to the front line. That's very courageous. Um, Jerry, further south in Rome, um, there's also been some infections in, in convents, right? There are two convents, one outside Rome where there are 40 nuns, there's in Camillus de Lilla's hospital, uh, sisters, uh, where the mother general and the 40 sisters have all tested positive. There were 20 in another hospital in Rome of whom at least two have tested positive. Yesterday, Cardinal Conrad, the Polish cardinal whom the Pope has assigned as his right arm, his right hand to reach out to the poor and the and those on the margins of society, yesterday the, that cardinal visited the two convents and brought fresh food, mozzarella cheese, uh, fruit from the pontifical gardens in Castle Gandolfo. Oh, wow. The Pope sent him as a sign of the Pope's personal concern for these sisters. And then there's also, at third place, there's a home for elderly people, which is run by sisters, which is now also under lockdown. Is that also in Rome? Yeah. Yeah, we're talking a lot about, you know, the strain on the medical resources and the kind of dangers, the questions that are being raised around, you know, these places where you have a lot of older people who are at high risk living together. Um, there's also been a lot of conversation about the economic strain that many families and businesses are facing. And Pope Francis has been trying to draw some attention to this in his daily masses, right? Absolutely, because the reality is that there are many businesses, you know, small restaurants, little corner shops, other small businesses, which kind of survive, but uh, often on a shoestring operation, and they have some employees. And the reality is that many of them risk being put out of business, and the employees risk being out of work. Nobody quite knows. It depends how long this uh, crisis goes on for Sherry, you know, we've we've talked about the economic impact. Um, and you know, we we've we've mentioned that I think we mentioned on the show that Pope Francis uh, you know, has been donating some money to uh, Caritas Italy, for example. Um, but really this week we have several stories where he is focusing a lot of his time and his energy on providing a sense of spiritual support. So let's talk first about uh, two prayer initiatives that the Pope announced for this week. Uh, the first is that at noon on Wednesday, March 25th, uh, Pope Francis has asked the world's Christians to all pray an Our Father uh, for the end of the coronavirus. Um, and Jerry, I, I thought it was interesting that we saw the Pope use this as an opportunity to reach out to all Christians, not just Catholics, uh, in this moment. I, I was wondering if you could talk to me about that. I mean, if you think the Christians in the world, is just over one in three people in the world are Christian. He, he's invited everybody. He said, we can only combat this virus, which he sees as an evil. Uh, we can only combat it with the weapons of prayer, of uh, solidarity, charity, and of tenderness, compassion and tenderness. He asked all the Christians the Christian leaders to join him, 
but also individual Christians at midday Rome time. That's, I think, about uh, seven o'clock in the morning in in New York time to join and saying the Our Father, the prayer that Jesus taught us. I thought it was really cool that he was um, he was also you know we we talked about how he has been taking a lot of these coronavirus responses as an opportunity to you know kind of continue focusing on the topics that you know are really important to him like drawing attention to the poor to refugees to families um and here we're seeing him talk about christian unity uh in a time of you know pandemic and saying hey this is the moment that we need to come together yes he's saying you know we're all in the one boat and he's used the example, I think we used it last week, uh, that Jesus in the boat with the apostles and the, the, the storm rises in the Sea of Galilee and the, they cry out, save us, we're drowning. And this is how many people feel in the world today. They feel powerless. They see the biggest leaders, Xi Jinping in China, Putin in Russia, Trump in the United States, Boris Johnson in London, Macron in Paris. They see them powerless. And so... They're powerless in a sense that nobody has the cure. So everybody's trying to bring people together. And the Pope says, we Christians believe in the power of prayer, and we have faith that can move mountains. And he, he, he is really convinced that this can be overcome through prayer and through solidarity. Right. It's it's that that prayer drives you to, you know, do these acts of solidarity, to stay home, to to do what's difficult for the good of others. I've just seen before we came on that the World Council of Churches, which is an organization set up in 1948 and in Geneva, brings together the majority of the Christian churches of the world. They have said, we're coming in behind you. We're going to pray. Thank you for the invitation. And, and they represent 590 million Christians, perhaps more. They include the Eastern Orthodox, the other Orthodox. It's, it's, it's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are good things. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, it would be easy for people to resort to division, right? Especially in, in a time of uncertainty like this. And instead, we're seeing people really make an effort to come together. Now, Pope Francis is also going to make a, give a special blessing on Friday. Can you tell us about that? Well, yes, he's he's decided that he's going to hold what he calls a moment of prayer, a prayer service on the steps of the Basilica of St. Peter's, looking out on the empty square. He's made very clear there will be nobody in the square. He said you could follow on the social through the social communications, the Vatican television, Vatican media, etc. But he said this prayer will consist of some readings from the scriptures, some prayers, and then he will have a moment of adoration of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, and then at the end he will give a blessing to the world, what they call Urbi et Orbi. Urbi is the city of Rome, Orbi is the world. He will give this kind of global blessing at the end of the prayer service, which starts at 6 o'clock Rome time, that's 1 o'clock in New York, Friday, March the 27th, And it will finish maybe about within an hour. And at the end, he will bless the world. Right. And we're going to have uh, an update on what he says there uh, on Friday, shortly after the show. That'll appear in our listeners' uh, podcast feeds on Saturday. One of the things that's that's part of this blessing that the Pope is going to be offering is that there is a plenary indulgence attached to it. Um, You know, we we don't talk a lot about uh, the 
kind of spirituality indulgences, that that sort of thing on this show very much. We're usually more focused on uh, big picture news. But, you know, the Vatican also announced last week that there would be a special indulgence available to the faithful who are affected by coronavirus or anyone who cares for them or anyone who even cares for them just through praying for an end to the virus. Um, and so I was wondering if you could could explain briefly for the listeners, you know, who, who might not be familiar, what's an indulgence and then what is this specifically coronavirus-related one? Well, the indulgences have been a traditional part of the Christian church, the Catholic church, uh, where everybody is a sinner, everybody sins, and th- there is a consequence to your sins. And uh, if you cannot go to confession, you can ask God in your heart to forgive you. And the Pope is giving this possibility of if people really pray to God in their heart to ask God's forgiveness, to say something like a prayer of the Our Father, the Creed, or something like this, you, you can get an indulgence. In other words, you, your sin is forgiven. And it's it's a way that, as I said last time, the Pope is trying to make people aware that God is a merciful God, not a God who condemns you, not a God who in, who throws virus at you because the world has sinned. That's not the God of the Christian world. The Pope is making very clear that God is a God who loves us, who sent his son Jesus among us, and who wants to show mercy to us and wants us to open up to that mercy. And by people asking and praying for this indulgence at this moment in in uh, human history, which has no precedent, he believes they can get consolation, feel reconciled with God and with, with each other through this indulgence. Right. So that was the first of um, two initiatives that came out of the Apostolic Penitentiary, which uh, is an office in the Vatican that I had never heard of. Um, but I was I was looking it up and I, I thought, you know, penitentiary, that sounds like a, a jail to me, right? A place of punishment. Um, but then I was reading about it and it was, you know, everything that they do is is focused on forgiveness, right? They're, they deal with lifting automatic excommunications, granting indulgences like this. Um, and and I, I saw on the Wikipedia page one of the things that it said was this: this office is a tribunal of mercy, um, which I thought was was a really interesting way to look at it. Um, so the second decree that came out from this office, it says in some cases when people are hospitalized and they can't confess individually to a priest, um, it's possible for a priest to absolve a person or a group of people without hearing a one-on-one confession. So this is called general absolution, right? And and this has been sort of contentious in the past. Um, I, I was wondering if you could talk briefly about what, what maybe the tension was there? Well, I, I really think uh, that this is uh, really the fullest expression of the desire to share God's mercy with people. Because people know they have done wrong in various times, and certainly perhaps in moments of their life, perhaps when they're near their death, they say, well, I should have lived a better life, now I feel badly about it etc. And they can confess to a priest, because one, there may be no priest. I don't know if you've seen some of the videos of these hospitals where you have maybe a hundred people all gasping for breath in a a hospital ward. Uh, The the possibility of any of them getting individual confession is just beyond it. And so the Pope has made it very clear that it is possible in this crisis, and the 
apostolic penitentiary, that's the office that deals with this, has decided this truly is a crisis where you can give general absolution. In other words, you can give absolution like in a confession, but you give it to a whole group of people without any of them having to go to -to one-to-one confession. Later, if they get better, the idea is that they would go, but they are forgiven when they get this general absolution. It, It was something that was used also in time of the last world war, where groups of people they knew their death was coming, and, and so they, they, they were given this. And this coronavirus is death-threatening. And so this absolution is really, I think, for many people who've been Catholic, who are Catholic, who feel a real sense of uh, wanting to receive God's pardon at this critical moment in their life, the general absolution is a real gift from the Church. trovi un sacerdote per confessarti parla con Dio è tuo padre you know, Pope Francis even took this a step further and, and said this week that if, you know, you weren't able to go to confession, if you weren't going to receive a general absolution, he said, the most important thing is that you, you know, take your sins to God, right, and, and confess them to God, which I, I, I thought was just really interesting because we talk so much about, you know, the importance of confession. We have this whole tradition around it. Um, but it was interesting to see that in this moment of crisis, he said, you know, what's really important is is to ask God for mercy, not so much the avenues through which you receive that mercy. Yes. And you remember, Colleen, sometime back, we reported on the Amazon Synod, and we said people, some Catholic communities uh, won't see a priest for months maybe years and maybe 10 years. And these people, how do they get absolution? There's no priest around to give them absolution. So, and Pope Francis is being very clear. He said, at the final analysis, if you in your heart turn to God and say, God, look, this is what I've done with my life. I realize it's wrong. I'm sorry. I ask your forgiveness. God will forgive. That's his message, and it's very—it's a great consolation, I think, to many people in this time of crisis. Yeah, I, I, an Irish Dominican friend of mine was explaining this, um, and he—the way he phrased it was really pithy. He said, um, "God comes to us through the sacraments, but God is not bound by the sacraments." Absolutely, this is, I think, very good theology, and it's what the Second Vatican Council was. It's what's in the Catechism, and I, I think. Uh, We're in a crisis situation, and Pope Francis is looking for ways to bring the richness, the spiritual consolation, the depth of faith to people, and get people to turn again to God. Remember one of his homilies was return to the Father, to turn again to God, no matter what you've done in life. And God is there, ready to embrace you like he embraced the prodigal son. It was his you remember the first time he spoke from the the window of the Apostolic Palace? The day he was elected? No, no, it was on the 17th of March, the first Sunday after his, he was elected. He was elected on the Wednesday. And he, he, his whole message was about this, that, you know, God, the central part of the gospel is God is a merciful God. 
God is not a God who's out to condemn you and send you to hell. God loves you. He wants to save you. And this is the message. It's, it's been, a, if you like, a, the mantra of this pontificate. So, Jerry, you know, we, Pope Francis has really focused, like we've been talking about, on, on forgiveness this week. Last week, we talked a lot about how he was trying to be really close to people. And this week, it seems like he's kind of pulling out all the tools in his tool belt, all the spiritual tools, but also all, the, all of the media tools you know, available to him to offer people a sense of consolation. Um, and that's consolation, you know, about the state of their souls, about the forgiveness of their sins. But um, it's also, it's that closeness that, that we talked about last week, right? Yes, I think it's, I, I watched his, followed his mass this morning. And it's very impressive. He comes out there and, and he's celebrating mass followed by more than half a million people. And that's just in Italy. That's in live television. And then there's also through the uh, YouTube, uh, through the so other social media, he's touching uh, something that people feel the need for, uh, spiritual sense. How, how do you make sense of this suffering? And the, he's connecting with people. And I see now that bishops in different countries, I see in Hong Kong, I see in other places, bishops in different countries are doing likewise. And we're in an uncharted territory using new means for reaching people and preaching the gospel and bringing people closer to God and to one another. Right. You know, I, I think that the way that that's serving as a model for pastors across the world right now in this uncertain time is, is something that we really can't underestimate. I was watching a mass that a friend of mine offered on Zoom this past weekend, and he said, you know, I know you can't receive communion right now, but I saw Pope Francis put up a monstrance uh, and offer adoration through a live stream uh, last week, and so I'm going to do that too. And so he he did that, and, and we all prayed together, and it was incredibly moving to see you know the way that we could harness this social media tool to then offer real spiritual good. Um, I think it's a really exciting time as somebody who does you know religion and media to see to see these things coming together in this way. All right, Jerry, I think that about does it for this week. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, I'll talk to, with you Friday after the Pope's Urbi at Urbi blessing. And good wishes to your listeners as they face the trials that we've been facing for some time. Um, so like I mentioned, Inside the Vatican will be here for you throughout this crisis every Wednesday and every Saturday in your podcast feed. So keep an eye out for that. We're right here with you. Um, we're not going anywhere. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This week's episode was produced by Sebastian Gomes. Inside the Vatican is mixed by Noah Levinson. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org and follow us on Twitter at americamag. For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Deli. We'll see you on Saturday. <laughs>